Hello there, beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. I have a beautiful guest to introduce you to today, and she is actually a new person in my life as well, and I just cannot wait to get to know her better today. Her name is Olivia Wickstrom, and she is a Central Coast California native just like myself and an entrepreneur at heart. She's been exploring ideas and projects that spark her passion for community building and storytelling. Alongside her role as a freelance marketer and business manager, Olivia is the founder of Creating 805, a community for creative entrepreneurs on California's Central Coast. When she's not slinging digital strategies or musing on topics of sobriety and mental health, you'll find Olivia practicing yoga, grabbing coffee with friends, or jogging the streets of her small town of Morro Bay, which side note, if y'all are looking for somewhere fun to travel, you should go to her small town of Morro Bay. It's magical. Without further ado, let me introduce you to the wonderful Olivia. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now let's get climbing. Welcome to the show, Olivia. Hi. Oh my goodness. Uh, This is so fun already. I am so excited to have you. I, first of all, love I love connecting with people in general. I'm like very much a people person. That's not a secret. But how freaking special too to connect with fellow entrepreneurs, people passionate about community and business and personal growth right here in our local area. So I'm so, so excited to have you on the show. You are doing some really phenomenal, incredible things right here in my hometown area. But before we dive into that, I would love to take a step back. Now, you grew up on the Central Coast, but growing up, did you always know that you'd be an entrepreneur or imagine that you'd be doing what you're doing today? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. And I'm just going to start by saying, this is so funny to be on the other side because a big part of creating 805, as we'll get to, is I'm asking other entrepreneurs questions just like this. And so it's like, oh my God, this is so funny. Um, You know what? I always was so... I didn't know it at the time, but entrepreneurial. Um, I grew up in a Tascadero and I lived there until I was 12. And I remember my mom tells me stories about how she would come home and I'd be like out at the end of the driveway selling books that she bought me at the book fair. Or I remember doing like a water stand. Like I literally got glasses from our kitchen and filled them up with water and like sold them to our neighbors. And brilliant. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, right? Because they couldn't take the glasses home. They just had to like stand there and drink the water and then walk away. Um, <laughs> I like got a Adobe Photoshop trial and I remember putting together a newspaper or a magazine, you know, for the neighborhood. So I was always obsessed with this idea of creating something. I always, I mean, throughout college, after college, I always had little side hustles and passion projects. I mean, a lot of them None of them really outside of creating 805 obviously came to fruition. Um, I was just kind of young and figuring out what it meant to be a creative and an entrepreneur, but I 
always, always, always have had something that I'm dedicating my time to trying to grow and just, yeah, trying to morph and create into something uh, big and beautiful and feasible. So, yeah. I I love that because looking back, I kind of had this same realization myself, like thinking back to my childhood and thinking, did I always, did I always imagine I'd be an entrepreneur? And one of the funny things I did when I was a kid was my brother, my oldest brother, he's six years older than me. And when he'd come home on the weekends from college, I printed off this spreadsheet and I would wash his and his like college roommates clothes. And it was an upsell if they wanted me to fold them. And I was like hustling hard. And I'm like, I guess I always had that little entrepreneurial thing. But what I think is really cool too, hearing about that is I feel like entrepreneurship is, and maybe for some people it does, but in my experience, it does not happen in a straight line. My business, what I'm doing today looks nothing like what it looks like three, four or five years ago. I feel like I've had 17 careers with different like avenues that I've tried out. And it sounds like you're kind of similar in that way. Absolutely. The thing that I thought that I would be doing, you know, when I was 18, 19, is not what I'm doing. And I, I think that that's something really beautiful that I've learned along the path of entrepreneurship is kind of just trusting the process. And I have no idea where I'm going to be five years from now, you know, like I'm so passionate about what I'm doing with creating 805. And I have all these visions about where it's going to go and what I could do. But the truth is, I don't know, you know, I don't know if is this my thing, you know, is this is this where I end up? Or is this just a stepping stone to something else? Like, I think I always kind of come back to the idea that I can't see the full picture of my life. I can only see the moment that I'm in. And so I, it is absolutely not a linear path in that I have no idea where I'm going to end up. Um, all I can do is wake up and do the best I can do today and know that I'm going through this for some reason and I'm learning things and um, I'm growing as a person. And I think that's just a beautiful aspect of entrepreneurship. It's it's unexpected and there's a lot of twists and turns and it's just beautiful, I think, in that way. Gosh, I love that and I couldn't agree more. I feel like it's such a self exploratory endeavor because it kind of evolves and grows as you do as a person. Entrepreneurship in a lot of ways, at least in my experience, is kind of like an extension of me. And so it's it's kind of exciting and scary at the same time to see how that evolves and grows as as I do. You know, Olivia, much like myself, you grew up here in on the Central Coast and in our in our small little community, but you have spread your wings and you have lived and explored far away places. Can you share why you decided to leave the Central Coast or your hometown and a little bit about your travels and kind of how your travels have shaped who you are and what you do now? Yeah, great question. So yeah, I grew up here, as you said, I um, I was in Atascadero until high school. I graduated from Slow High, San Luis Obispo High School. And I, you know, growing up, I didn't love it here. I always knew I wanted to get out. I just thought it was too small. Um, I knew everyone. I, you know, couldn't go to the grocery store or uh, the park without seeing someone I knew. It was just too small for me. And I had an aunt and uncle that lived in Portland, and I went to visit them for the first time at probably 12 or 13. And I just fell in love with Portland, Oregon. I loved how I would walk down the street and the telephone poles were covered in posters for concerts. I love music. And so I would just be walking down the street and there were posters 
like covering the telephone poles and you know just people in Portland like dressed cool and funky and I just felt like I could go into this city and be anonymous you know and like sit in a coffee shop and just kind of like blend into the background and I just I love the idea of getting out and going somewhere where no one knew who I was and I could kind of create myself once again so yeah I left when I was 18 I went to Portland I was in Portland for about four years total, um, but yeah, I also was lucky enough to spend some time abroad, so I spent a year over in Scotland. Um, I spent some time over in South Africa working at a magazine, and then I ended up moving to the Midwest after I graduated college. Um, I was in Minneapolis, Minnesota for about three years, and then finally made my way back to the Central Coast in 2020. But my time away was so, I mean, number one, I never thought I'd be back. You know, I never thought that I would make my way back to the Central Coast. I, I almost viewed it, honestly, as taking steps backwards, because I, you know, I, I identified so strongly with this like sense of adventure that I had I had created and this persona I had developed of like, you know, I left home and I spread my wings and I was doing all these wild things. And um, so coming back home, being back around family again, felt like I was, yeah, just stepping back and, and moving back in a way that I, I didn't want to. But, you know, the, the most beautiful thing was that now that I'm here um, in these last two years, like the personal growth, uh, the growth with like my entrepreneurial mindset and this business, you know, like the most growth in my life came from this move home back to, to be with family and be where, you know, I, I started my life. So it's just kind of another example of like, you, you don't know what's going to happen. And I thought that moving back, my life would look one way and it's just, uh, it looks completely different. And it's just been a really transformative couple of years back home. So it's been amazing. So cool. I wonder too, in your experience, do you feel like, you know, you had this, this sentiment of like, I want to leave. It's too small. I, I want to go somewhere. No one knows my name. And I kind of had a similar experience. I went away for college and then moved abroad for a year and then to the Midwest. I lived in Kentucky for a few years and I made my way back here in 2019. And I feel like for me, leaving made me come back to the Central Coast with such new eyes and a totally new appreciation for what I had left. Did, did you have a similar experience? Yes, absolutely. And that was honestly a big motivator in launching Creating 805. And I know we'll talk a little bit more about what Creating 805 is, but I, I was living in these places like Portland and Minneapolis and um, Cape Town, South Africa, and bigger cities with really thriving creative entrepreneurial communities and I was freelancing at the time I moved back home full-time and I was looking for a community that I could meet other younger millennial freelancers or business owners or entrepreneurial minded people that I could just collaborate with and connect with and these cities that I had lived in they they had those things but I moved back to the central coast and it was so I guess I, I hadn't when I was growing up here, I hadn't noticed how creative it was and how many people like you and I there were that were like, just had fun passion projects that they were pursuing or like making soaps and lotions. And I saw it all around the community. But like I said, you know, I, 
I couldn't find like a, a pulse or like like a heartbeat for it. And I couldn't find the place where these creatives were gathering. And so I was like, okay, I think I need to start something, which is how Creating Needle 5 came to be. But moving back to the Central Coast after having been in these places, like I, I was definitely more aware of just how creative it is here on the Central Coast. And I think it's just, it's booming, you know, like it is booming because it's becoming such a destination for people, especially after COVID. But because of that, there are all these incredible makers and small businesses that are popping up that have to do with tourism and hospitality. And it's just, it is, I think, a little like cultural mecca um, that's just going to continue to grow and flourish. So it's been so cool to come back and be able to witness it. That is so beautiful. And I think what what I really appreciate about what you said is you came back, you had this new perspective, you saw all this creativity in our community and you didn't find a place for them where it all connected. And so you thought to yourself, I can create that place. Like I can take the initiative. This is a place where I can fit in. You know, I want to hear more about creating 805. What What is creating five? What does that look like as a connection point for that community here in our, here for local creatives? Yeah, so creating it five, it started one way and it's kind of evolving and it's it's been incredible to launch and grow. So um, creating it five is basically a community for creative entrepreneurs here on the central coast of California. Um, we're currently really just operating out of San Luis Obispo County, but are working on expanding down to Santa Barbara County and Ventura County. And so we will be co- encompassing the entire 805 area code and the entire Central Coast. Um, but we are a community for creative entrepreneurs. We host a monthly speaker series at a new co-working space up in Paso Robles called The Sandbox. Um, At this monthly speaker series, it's open to the public, it's donation-based, and so it's accessible to anyone. And we bring in a local business owner, um, well-known business owner in the community, to tell their story and talk about their journey and um, just reflect. And then other business owners, entrepreneurs, creatives, anyone really that's interested in business ownership can come and listen to this person tell their story. And um, the stories told are always just so inspirational and insightful and, you know, they're reflecting on their journey, but unintentionally, uh, they're just giving the people in the audience so much insight and wisdom into entrepreneurship and how to do it. You know, it's like these hour long uh, interviews up on the stage are like a little crash course on on how to launch and run a business, you know, on the Central Coast. So um, the speaker series has been incredible, and we've had awesome names involved in it. We Our first one we hosted in October of 2021 with uh, Whalebird Kombucha. Mike, one of the co-founders over at Whalebird, launched us. And then um, since then, we've done great events with All Good out of Morro Bay, um, Slow Brew, Angie with Makeshift Muse. She on those incredible Makeshift Muse markets, uh, Tinkerton Trailer Company. Um, we have one coming up. Next month in July with um, Sam from Bread Bike and Slow. So it's been fun to just kind of bring in these well-known entrepreneurs, people that uh, others want to hear their stories and want to hear how they launched and grew their businesses. So the speaker series has been incredible. And then we also have our membership too. So 
people can become monthly members. And when you become a member of Creating 805, you get access to members-only perks like um, events. We have a members-only happy hour once a month. We do a Zoom call once a month for our members that, similar to our in-person speaker series, we bring on a local entrepreneur to tell their story, talk about their journey. Um, however, because it's virtual, we bring in people from all over the Central Coast. So this summer we have speakers, all three of them from Ojai, coming in from Ojai to talk. And so, yeah, the membership is another aspect and another way to kind of just con further this connection through more events. We have a members-only platform that has gated content that you can access, a private online community. So it's just a, an incredible way to find connection and support among other creatives here on the Central Coast. And it is very supportive. We lift one another up, we help one another, and we're just here to help each other understand and succeed in small business ownership on the Central Coast. Mm, I love that. You know, what I think is cool is, as you said, that these entrepreneurs come and they just share their story and it almost is like accidentally inspiration because they're just telling their journey, their their personal story. But there is so much power in stories. And what I think is, you know, I'm a I'm a keynote speaker now. So I get to go and talk on stages. And every time I look in and not into an audience, I think every single one of these audience members has a keynote speech, has a powerful story that could impact every single one of us in the room. Like there's nothing special. There's nothing special about anybody, but also there's something special about everybody, if that makes sense. You know, I just really believe in the power of stories and what a great platform to create, to allow those inspiring entrepreneurs to tell those. Because I also think it's easy to look at established businesses and think, well, that's cool, but that's them. You know, I couldn't do that. But when we hear them pull back the layers of how it came to be, most people that create inspiring businesses, they started out just like anybody else did, you know, maybe from a garage, from a random idea they had. And I think that that's so beautiful. I am so excited to invite you to join me live in person, August 21st to the 23rd at my first ever live climb women's retreat here on the central coast of California. There are only 36 spots available for this intimate three-day retreat where you can say yes to yourself again, create powerful connections, learn from inspiring speakers and grow self-confidence all while finding joy in the journey. Now, this isn't just any women's wellness retreat. It's about mind, body, and soul. Alongside other women, you'll rediscover the power and beauty within yourself and leave with a sense of rejuvenated energy unlike ever before. I'm hosting it at one of my favorite places in the world and one of the most iconic hotels in all of California, the Madonna Inn. Join us for connection, deep learning and understanding about yourself, and so much fun. Will there be charcuterie and wine? Absolutely. Will there be a sunset dinner by the beach? Absolutely. Will there be so much joy? Oh, you better believe it. There are only 36 spots available, so don't wait. Come grab your seat. Click the link below in the show notes to join or visit coachkaya.com to learn more. Hope to see you here this summer in sunny California. Thinking of stories, I'd love to take a step back from creating 805 and learn more about your story as well. You know, I know that two of your greatest passions are building community and personal growth. And when I think of some of like the inspiring speakers that I know or entrepreneurs, I feel like so much of our power and our strength in our story often comes from really hard seasons or experiences that we've walked through. 
what has that been like for you? Is there a season that you've walked through that you think has kind of been a catalyst for your own growth in your personal world or entrepreneurship? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, as you talked about in the intro a little bit, things that I'm really passionate about, yes, are community building and also mental health and sobriety, as you mentioned. The biggest, I think, um, most defining part of my story, one of the most defining parts of my story is the struggle with addiction. And it's something I'm really open and honest about because I'm really proud of it. And I'm really proud of the work I've done and of my sobriety and um, what I've done to get to where I am today. And it's actually interesting because this is my first time. I'm, I'm very open and vocal about it on um, social media and just with the people in my life. And in the Creating 805 community, I talk about it because I, I do want to be a resource and be able to help others if if it's needed. But this is my first time talking about it on a platform like this. And so I'm. it's going to be interesting to, <laughs> to see how I can articulate it, you know, and, and try to share the story. But yeah, you know, I struggled with addiction for a, a number of years and alcoholism. It started in my teens and really progressed until my about a year ago is when I got sober. I just celebrated my one year sobriety anniversary last yeah. Friday, which was really spe- special to me. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it was a huge day for me, and just the joy and the feelings of um, and just I'm so proud of it. You know, I'm so proud of the work I've done, as I mentioned, and there's really no other feeling like that. So yeah, it started in my teens, and um, you know, I. I think I really disguised my addiction and my alcoholism as just a love for partying. Um, I fell in with the party crowd in high school, and I just immediately allowed that to become my persona um, during high school, during college, after college. You know, the jobs that I chose, the people that I so decided to surround myself with, um, it always revolved around partying, and I was a bartender. and. Um, you know, I think that around around 2020, when the pandemic hit, and when for the first time I didn't have any responsibilities, um, my drinking really in- increased and picked up, and it honestly went downhill very quickly. Um, 2020 to 2021 was a really hard year for me, um, and I started to yeah depend on alcohol physically, and um, at this point in my life from that year, you know, I really couldn't do anything without drinking. I started to realize that alcohol had a really, really powerful grip on me. And it it was scary. It was hard. I didn't know what to do because I didn't know what alcoholism meant. I I was very ashamed of what I was going through. I was afraid of what I was going through. I didn't know how to share it with others. Um, but, you know, thank God in June of 2021, I um, you know, found my way into a recovery program and was able to kind of start to to change my life and work through things from there. But it's been a very transformative process. And yeah, the, the self-growth that's come through that and the self-awareness has just been life-changing. And I'm I'm alive, you know, because of it. I'm so grateful. And yeah, it's totally changed my perspective and just the way I live my, my life day to day. Well, Olivia... 
first of all, congratulations on that one year anniversary. That is so incredible. And I can just see the joy and pride in your face. I know other people can't see what your face looks like right now, but I am just celebrating that with you. It's a very, very big deal. And I just appreciate you being willing to open up and share your story and share your heart because again, stories matter. And I think that a lot of times, especially when we're in hard seasons or walking through things that maybe bring up a lot of shame, we can feel so isolated and so alone. And sometimes just having someone else willing to say out loud their own story, we're able to say, oh my gosh, me too. Oh my gosh, I'm not alone. And oh my gosh, there is hope. So I just appreciate you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing your story. In your experience, what I guess kind of stigmas have you come up against surrounding addiction? Yeah, great question. So, I mean, I think in general, making the decision to get sober was really hard for me. And and um, having to admit and say out loud, like, I am an alcoholic was really hard for me because just the shame and stigma around that sentence alone was a huge barrier I had to overcome. Even even in this, you know, even in this really hard period of my life, I was still functioning. You know, I was still able to hold a job. I still was freelancing full time. You know, I was not allowing it to affect all areas of my life. But the inner unmanageability that was happening was just devastating. You know, um, the outer unmanageability was starting to happen and that I was struggling to hold a job, you know, like my personal relationships were non-existent. I, I was, I had no friends. I had totally isolated myself from my community, but the inner unmanageability and just the chaos in my mind and the anxiety and the depression, um, I, I could not stand it anymore. It was just overpowering and so it was hard for me to say those words because, again, I was functioning. You know, I had a job. I had an apartment. I was not in jail. I, I was not, like, homeless under a bridge. So I think number one was recognizing and realizing that addiction and alcoholism looks different depending on the person, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a lot of um, – there's a lot of different – alcoholics, you know, there's a lot of different addicts. There's a lot of different ways that this manifests in people's lives. So I think that number one um, was just coming to recognize that it's it's not, again, like the person under the bridge or the person that's in jail, the person that's lost it all. Um, there are a lot of people that are suffering and, and struggling all around us that just might not be a, uh, comfortable enough and may just be too afraid to admit it out loud. That was really huge. And Starting to just talk about it openly has also been really big. I mean, the fact that I speak so openly about it with creating 805, that was a choice I had to make because there is always the risk that people, they will not trust me, you know, or they will think I'm unreliable because I am a recovering alcoholic, you know, and I say that out loud and I say that openly. Starting to date was like a whole other thing, you know, because like I'm very, again, I'm very open and honest about it. And it's like all of these things are like, you know, maybe slight red flags and that like, okay, she's in recovery, you know, like she identifies as a recovering alcoholic. So like, is she, you know, is she reliable? Is she trustworthy? And it's my job every day to wake up and prove that I am and prove that I'm, I'm serious about this, you know, and, and I have changed my life and I, I am making progress every day towards becoming 
a better, healthier human. I am so far ahead of where I was a year ago, but you know, I'm still improving and growing and learning every day. But I think that I am also in a very blessed position and that like I have the ability to speak openly and honestly about it. You know, I work for myself. I'm a freelancer. I have my own small business. So I have the liberty of like being able to talk about it and be proud of it and and be loud about it. You know, not everyone has that luxury because they are in a position where um, if they speak openly about it, you know, they could get fired or they could, you know be looked down on. So I do recognize my privilege in that, that I'm able to speak about it openly, but it's scary. And there's always the risk that people, like I said, maybe they won't, they won't trust me as much, or they'll just be waiting for the other shoe to drop. But again, it's my job to, to wake up every day, do the best I can and prove that that's not going to happen, you know, but it's been quite a journey. And I'm just so lucky to have such an incredible community around me and supportive family and friends that love me and are with me every step of the way. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. You know, I think it's such a great reminder though, that alcoholism, addiction, mental illness, you know, you name it, it doesn't have one look or one face. And I think it's easy also to assume that the people that maybe we see or interact with every day, whether they're family or coworkers or friends or people we see across from us at the coffee shop, we also don't know other people's stories. And I think we make a lot of assumptions on maybe the way people present themselves. But a lot of us are are kind of fighting our own silent internal battles too. And I think it's also just a beautiful reminder to be kind that we don't know what other people are going through. Because, you know, all those things don't have just one look or one face. I'm curious, you know, you shared that your kind of struggle with addiction started when you were in high school and was influenced by the people you were surrounding yourself with and kind of this persona you embrace. Do you feel like part of your personal growth journey has been kind of like redefining or recreating yourself? Like, did you go through any, I guess, identity grief in any way? Yeah, that's so interesting. I definitely had to grieve. I I guess I did. I had to grieve that person, you know, that, that party girl that I identified with for so long. But unfortunately, at the end of my addiction, I was so like I shared, I was so isolated. I had no friendships anymore, really. Um, I had no big relationships in my life outside of my partner at the time and my family. And so um, it was easy for me to recreate a life and that I didn't have much around me at the time. You know, in the last year, it's changed so much and that my community is the biggest part of my life. The connections I've made through my personal recovery journey, through creating an old five, um, through just being a healthy, sane human that gets out of her house, you know, and that does stuff like my community is the most important thing to me currently. But at the end of my disease, I was, I mean, I was almost like agoraphobic. I was just in my apartment drinking and I had no, I I just had so much fear of the, the world outside of my apartment. I didn't have much to mourn in that respect. You know, I, I was honestly kind of like a shell of a human at the end. And I definitely had to mourn the loss of my habits. You know, I, my my hobbies and my interests and and that 
part of my identity. Like it all revolved around alcohol, you know? So it was like, okay, what do I do now that I don't drink? You know, like, what do I do? I, I don't go to brunch anymore. I don't go to the bar anymore, you know? So all of my interests revolved around alcohol in some way. So I did have to kind of, yeah, uncover who I really was and what did I like doing and how do I like spending my time? You know, I remember really early on in my sobriety going for a hike with a friend and <laughs> This sounds so silly, but being like, I like hiking, you know, like I didn't understand (laughs) that I like hiking. So it was, it was very much early sobriety was a lot of firsts, you know, a lot of like doing things for the first time uh, sober and deciding for myself, do I like this or not? I had a really interesting experience. I went to a huge concert down at the Hollywood Bowl um, with my mom. We went and saw Alanis Morissette and 17,000 person concert, huge, crazy Something when I was drinking, I would have loved to do that because it was just, you know, a bunch of people and a bunch of drinks and super fun and loud and crazy. And I hated it. I had a total panic attack. I had to leave early. And that was the perfect example of like, okay, I don't have to like everything that I used to like doing when I drank, you know, like now I'm sober. I've let go of all those external influences. It's just me and my in- my body and my mind and my soul. And I get to decide now, like, what do I like to do? What do I not like to do? How do I like to spend my time? So it has definitely been a journey of, um, yeah, just really getting to the core of who I am and what I like and what I don't like and what I believe and don't believe. And it's, you know, there's no external influences anymore. It's just me. And so um, it's uh, it's me making these decisions for myself. And it's it's really empowering and it's really beautiful. And yeah, it's it's been totally life-changing. Oh, so cool. You know, I think it's, I love hearing this because I think it's so easy for us to put ourselves in these boxes and create these identities or labels for ourselves that we've just believed so long that they just feel like a fact about us. And even hearing you you share this, I could relate to it when it came to me and my own health journey because it was about having like getting curious about the labels I made for myself. Like I used to believe, well, I'm not a morning person. I'm like, wait, can I be a morning person? Do I want to be a morning person? I could probably be a morning person if I wanted to be a morning person. And challenging the labels of I don't like hiking. Like even you talking about hiking, you know, I just told myself for so long that wasn't something I enjoyed. And then in this like rediscovery of myself, I actually really love hiking. And so I think also remembering like whether you're walking through addiction recovery or a health journey of any kind, I think remembering that it's it's never too late to like rediscover yourself either. Be curious about the things maybe you've believed about yourself for a long time or beliefs you want to change about yourself or things you want to explore. It's never too late to do that and kind of maybe not even redefine, maybe a little bit of redefining, but like rediscovering yourself and allowing yourself to get curious because I think we get these ideas and beliefs in our mind about ourselves they don't have to be true. We've just believed them for so long that we think they're true. Absolutely. And I think that for me, I was always such an all or nothing person. You know, it was, I set a new year's resolution and, you know, if I break it mid January, it's over, you know, like the rest of the year is screwed or like, you know, I, I schedule my day out and it's going to be perfect. And then I, you know, sleep in and I, I don't catch the alarm. And so the rest of the day is wasted. But I think that 
it's such a cool mindset shift of like, we can start over at any time, you know, like whether we break the resolution or whether we sleep like past our alarm, like we can start our year over at any time. We can start our day over at any time. It is never too late to just take a deep breath and pause and start again. And that mentality and mindset has been so useful for me because again, I used to be such an all or nothing person. I would, you know, one thing would go wrong and it's like, okay, I'm done. I'm writing up the rest of the day. I'm going home. I'm isolating. I'm, you know, like I'm going into my cocoon. Now I'm kind of have a totally different mindset and that like I wake up, I do the best I can. (laughs) The brief moments that I maybe hiccup or stumble, uh, I take a deep breath and I let it go and I start over. And that's just the most beautiful mindset shift because uh, life gets a lot easier when you allow yourself to begin again and accept, you know, acceptance has been so big for me, accepting the hiccups and the mistakes and accepting that we are not perfect. And there's always opportunities to just try one more time, start Mm. again. Preach it, sister. So good. I wanted to ask you a question, a selfish question. I actually come from a family that struggles heavily with addiction and alcoholism and multi-generational struggles there. And I think it can be it can be really hard to see people that you love struggle in this way, you know, whatever that looks like and not really know how to help or support them. Is there, you know, having being on this recovery journey yourself, do you have any I guess advice or thoughts that you could share people that are in relationship with addicts in their lives? Yeah, that's so hard. It really is because, you know, the only way uh, a person is going to change successfully um, is if they themselves want to change. Right. I think that there are a lot of times when people try to get sober or clean because of family and it doesn't ever last very long. Unfortunately, true, well, unfortunately, unfortunately, true change can really only happen when the person is absolutely willing to surrender and accept and move forward. But I think, I mean, there are a ton of great resources out there for people that are struggling and that, I mean, uh, have family members or friends, you know, that are struggling from, you know, county health services and county drug and alcohol services to recovery programs, you know, like Al-Anon is a, a widely discussed recovery program for people that have friends or family members that are struggling with addiction. And so there are a lot of resources out there for people that are, are looking and that are with loved ones that are struggling. But I think that a reality of addiction and this disease is that uh, we can't get sober for other people. You know, we have to get sober for ourselves. And that's, it's really hard to accept at times, but it's, it's the truth. So yeah, it's it's a very personal journey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I'd love to pivot and talk. Come back to entrepreneurship. You know, we've talked a little bit about eight hundred five, and I just I love hearing about your personal journey too. And I know it in my personal life, so much of my own personal development and growth journey has is very intimately woven into my entrepreneurship journey. And I'm curious for you, how has your personal recovery journey influenced your role now as a small business owner? Yeah, so much. It has been wild. And I think it's because they have paralleled each other. My 
sobriety started in June of 2021 and I launched Creating 805 or I came up with the concept of Creating 805 in July of 2021. So they're very closely related and it's been so interesting. (laughs) I mean, sobriety and business ownership require a lot of similar values and characteristics. It requires a lot of patience and a lot of acceptance and a lot of trust. And so to be able to learn kind of like coping skills and life skills through my recovery and then utilize them and creating it all five has been such a big blessing. I think that, you know, the biggest way that recovery has changed me is just my shift in mindset. You know, I approach every day now. Number one, I approach it one day at a time. And number two, I approach it with this kind of idea that undoubtedly the world is unfolding as it should. And I just kind of have to trust and try the best that I can, but uh, not get too upset when things don't go according to plan, you know? And I think that I can just take everything I just said and apply it to business ownership because business ownership is scary and it's stressful and it's overwhelming. But I think if I take it one day at a time, you know, if I say that I'm going to do the best I can do and leave the rest because as a business owner, our plates are so overloaded and there's always more work to be done. But like, no, I'm going to log on and work until the time I say I'm going to work and then I'm going to log off and then I'm going to do something else and I'm going to be fine with the fact that I didn't finish everything on my to-do list, you know, because it is one day at a time. I did the best I could today and I'll wake up and try again tomorrow. And just, you know, like, trusting, going back to that idea of trust. I have no idea what's going to happen with creating AO5. I do not know. I have dreams. I have goals. I have visions of what I see happening, but none of that might happen. You know, like I have no idea what's going to happen or how it's going to unfold, but I'm just going to trust that everything is happening for a reason and everything is unfolding the way that it should. And I think when I approach life with that mindset, I laugh more and I smile more and I'm happier and life is just easier because I'm not fighting and I'm not resisting, you know, I'm not trying to to force this picture in my head to happen. We are not in control of the world, you know, like life unfolds the way it's going to, whether we like it or not. And so it's been really cool to use what I've learned in sobriety and apply it to business ownership. And I I know that I probably could not be doing what I'm doing without the knowledge that I've gained in my sobriety. So it's been very cool. I had no idea that the two would parallel and um, I would learn so much in one and be able to apply it to the other, but that's what happened and it's been great. Yeah. I relate to that so much in terms of like the stuff I've learned in my personal health journey. I feel like there are lessons I'm relearning as they apply to entrepreneurship. I'm like, oh, this is familiar, you know? And I I loved your nuggets of wisdom that everything is happening and unfolding just as it should and taking it one day at a time. I think those are reminders that I have a feeling some of our listeners probably needed. I know I needed those reminders. So thank you, Olivia. I think trusting that we're right on time has been a really big one for me. You know, I am a, I'm definitely an achiever and I have big, bold, beautiful dreams for my life. And at the same time, my mantra that I kind of picked for this year is the phrase, just this. And it's the idea that, you know, I can have all these big, bold, beautiful dreams for my life, but all I really have, all that's really guaranteed is just this, like just this day, just this moment. And 
what I think is helpful when we kind of surrender to that, you said you laugh more and you have more fun. And I think the secret to this entrepreneurship thing, the secret to this life thing, it doesn't matter about the peak of the mountain that we're climbing or the vision we have for our life, but it's about finding joy in the journey. Like that's the entire tagline for my business as Coach Kaya. It's finding joy in the journey because I think so much many of us can get so fixated on once I reach this goal, once I reach this level, once I make this much money, once I weigh this much, once I've been sober this long, once I'm in the relationship, once whatever happens. But the truth is, is that happiness, joy, fulfillment, contentment doesn't come after achieving something. It's what we find in the in-between, on in the process, on the way towards something. And I think that if we are running ourselves ragged or finding shame or beating ourselves up because we didn't cross everything off of our to-do list, we're missing out on the most important part, which is the journey. That's where life happens. And I think that when we surrender in the way that you're talking, that's what creates more space for joy in the journey, which is the most important piece because the journey is is really all that there is with lots of milestones along the way, of course. But gosh, I wish that we could all learn to be more present and and find that joy along the way. Absolutely. So, you know, I just, I appreciate you so much, Olivia. You are such a light and it's been such an honor to be able to hear your story and what beautiful things you're creating right here in our backyard. If you don't mind, is there any part of your your current vision with permission for it to change, of course, but like your current vision or dreams that you have for your life or for this business, is there any part of that that you're willing to share with us that you have in mind for the future? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, I really want to get to a point where I'm connecting creatives all up and down the Central Coast from San Luis Obispo County to Ventura County. And it's been cool and that that's already starting to happen. As I mentioned, um, we have a couple of members-only Zoom calls coming up this summer that we're featuring speakers from Ojai. And um, we're also going to be expanding some in-person events down into Santa Barbara County later this year, which is really exciting. We haven't announced details yet or speaker lineups or anything, but um, in the fall, we will be starting to bring people together in person in Santa Barbara County. So I think that that's kind of what I'm moving towards is connecting creative entrepreneurs all up and down the Central Coast and all within the 805 area code. We are, this is such a special uh, place, you know, in the world and in California. And the Central Coast has this vibrancy and this magic that you can't find anywhere else. And just how beautiful would that be if we could all come together and support one another and learn from one another? And, you know, the Central Coast, I think it's so easy for us to say like, oh, Central Coast, um, referring to where we live, you know, like when I was growing up, I would say the Central Coast and think of San Luis Obispo, you know, and, and just this little bubble. But it is so much more than that. It's Santa Barbara, you know, it's Ojai, it's Ventura. And so um, I really just want to kind of um, bring people together across the entire community and just yeah, give people opportunities to collaborate near and far, you know, finding someone that you could collaborate with here in San Luis Obispo or down in Ojai or down in Ventura and just building a community that's um, expanded across the coast and thriving and vibrant and supportive of everyone. Oh, I love that. And obviously I'm biased, but I agree. This is a very, 
very special place. And I am just so excited for you and what you're creating. I think that vision sounds beautiful, so beautiful. And I just appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your heart and sharing your story and your passion. I have a feeling there are some listeners that are going to really, really connect and appreciate your message. Olivia, if people want to connect with you, maybe there are some locals listening or maybe they're just, maybe they're inspired by what you're doing and want to create something like this in their own community. Where can they connect with you or learn more? Yeah. So our website is creating805.com and then we're on all social channels at creating805. And please reach out. I mean, even if you're not local, even if you're just interested in community building, or if you, you know, want to talk about sobriety or anything, um, like I mentioned earlier, community is so important to me and I will absolutely uh, take the time to get to know you and let's schedule a zoom call. Or if you live here, let's get coffee. And, um, I want to, I want to meet you. I want to connect. So yeah, that's where you can find me. Amazing. Well, thank you so much again, Olivia, for coming on the show. Y'all go check out Olivia, message her, connect with her. She is such a beautiful soul. As you can already tell, having listened to the show, we appreciate you tuning in to another episode and I can't wait to see you right back here. Same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.